0: The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How
1: about you, Cowboys? Yes! Go, Cowboys! Let's go,
2: baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready
0: for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that.
1: It's time for...
0: The Break on DallasCowboys.com.
1: We were on the break
0: with Nick Eatman, Brian Broaddus, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Tuesday, November 1st, 2022, season 18, episode number 63. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're presented by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. I got a different crew. I ain't going to say a better crew, but maybe a better crew. <laughs> <Yeah. Whitney. laughs> just slightly. Just slightly. Just We're going to have some fun this week. We uh, For the next two days, we've mixed up all of our podcasts. And it uh, gives you guys that are out there listening an opportunity to be able to get some exposure to different people from different shows. If you normally are listening at 11, you may not know who these people are who are, who are mm-hmm. here with me. Hopefully, you listen to all of our podcasts so you know who everybody is. But I got Barry Church. I got Aisha Morrison with me. Love what you guys are doing right now on Boys Talk. Girls Talk, Boys Talk. You guys are killing it, Aisha. Yeah. And obviously Players Lounge been oh, around, around for a couple years we're now. Around. You guys are doing great talk stuff talk. over there, too. Gonna oh, to you're me the yeah. God, when, when, y'all, when y'all celebrity can show up, you know. <laughs> we call Danny the celebrity. When he actually can show up, y'all no got no a great doubt. show. No doubt. Um, but we're going to have some fun these next couple days. We're going to do a lot of uh, mid-year review kind of stuff. Okay. okay. Today I got a lot of questions for you guys. Just kind of giving people a good sense of... What your takes are on this team halfway through the season, okay. which is really kind of the beauty of what we do here. Uh, it allows us to kind of mix up some 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 different opinions that you guys may have on your shows, and sometimes you start thinking that that's kind of the prevailing opinion, and then you get on other shows, with other people, and you're like, oh wow, y'all see different. Yeah, so switch so it'll be fun. We'll have okay. some fun here. Real quick though, I do want to first talk about trade deadline that happens today uh, at 3 p.m. Uh, it'll be uh, the the NFL has the the deadline set. Right now, if you look across the Cowboys team, and I know wide receiver is the push, position that everybody's talking about, but mm-hmm. let's say outside of wide receiver, what position do you think on this team can, have, can be best improved by maybe looking at an opportunity to, to go and make a trade?
3: Go ahead, Barry, because I'm thinking.
0: Are you thinking a little bit? Yeah, I'm right. thinking so over here. We're we talking about outside. Outside receiver. of wide receivers, because we're going to assume wide receivers on Yeah, because that group ain't getting no separation. Yeah, right. They right, ain't getting no right. separation
2: right now. But um, I'm going to say this. I like what they did along the defensive line, bringing Hankins in there, because we, we know right now that Cowboys defense is struggling when it against the run. I think they're like 20 or 21st in the league right now against the run. And for them to go to where they want to go, that's not going to work. So I like what they did there, bringing a the, uh, guy down there that can stuff the run up. To me – I would love to see them do something at the second level, the linebacking crew. Now, I understand we got LVE there, we got Anthony Barr out there, and we got a lot of young talent underneath them. Cox, you know, De'Mon Clark had his first yeah, couple snaps in there um, this last game. But to me, I think we just need more of a – like a downhill guy. like Kind of like a Roquan Smith, but he's going yeah. on the other side. I understand all that. But I love his mentality when it comes to the run game. Downhill, when he hits you at the point of attack, you're going down. It ain't no leaky yardage involved. And that's where I see a lot of our linebackers. They may be in the right place at the right time, but when they get to that point of attack, it's a lot of ye- leaky yardage. Two, three, four yards down the round. Then they're bringing them down. They're tackling them like it's a safety out there. To me, I need my linebackers in the, in the run game running downhill, stuffing guys right in the mouth, hitting them right in the mouth. And right now, Anthony Barr, LVE, they're having good seasons, but I just don't like the aggressiveness. I want to see some more aggression out of both of those guys. So to me, I would like to see them make a move right there. And it doesn't have to be a big splash guy that comes in and has to you know, do 80 snaps a game or anything like that. But just somebody who can bring that attitude to the defense. Because I feel on the defensive line, you got Tank Lawrence. You got Parsons who can bring that thump and bring that attitude to him. And the second level, you got Wilson. You got a curse back there who's thumping and bringing that pain. That second level right now, I just don't see it. So to me, I'd like to see them do something that
0: linebacker. Real quick on that line, that note linebacker before we get to you. you. I want to talk a little bit about that from the standpoint of linebackers. Oftentimes we've seen these linebackers particularly get swallowed up can't get off blocks. Yeah, We've seen a number of big plays that happen in the run game yes. because they can't get off blocks. How much of that do you put on the linebackers? How much of that do you put on the defensive tackles in front of them? See, I would have put, if we're going you know, percentage-wise, I would say
2: those defensive tackles got to represent at least 70% of that. Because um, like you said, they, they get into that second level way too fast. Yeah. And I understand you know, them linebackers are supposed to be able to get off of those blocks, but sometimes you're reading stuff back there and they creep up on you quick. And once those linemen get them hands on you, yeah. it's hard to it's get up off it's you. So, so off. that's yeah. why I love that move by Ford Hankins, big dude 6'3", 340 pounds, he should be able to gobble up some offensive linemen from getting to that second level, to LVE, to bar, to those walk down safeties, so they're able to go sideline to sideline a lot easier, or downhill a lot easier with a guy like that in there, so I would say hopefully Hankins is is able to reduce, you know, them linemen getting to the second level and maybe Neville Gallimore and those guys as well be able to step up, but I would say definitely at least 70% on those guys because when you're at a linebacker, you're not technically just looking straight at the D-line, you're looking at all stuff stuff in the backfield to make sure you're reading your keys correctly. And that could be tough when you get those uh, big linemen coming up on you. All
3: right, I don't want to make nobody mad. No, it's
2: all good. I don't good. want to make nobody it's mad all good. with mine.
3: But uh, I think, well, number one, what you have going on in the safety room right now I think is great. you got the young guys behind, uh, Malik Cooker and those guys with mm-hmm. them. And so you have Marquise Bell and uh, Israel McQuamu, those guys. But, I mean, I know y'all saw on Sunday you had a lot of safeties, you know, Go out injured and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And when you look at the free safety spot after Malik Cooker, there's not a definite guy that can come in there and you know play that backfield. I guess you want to say like, granted, you do have those young guys, but when you asking a guy to go out there and be like, I'm the guy back there, you know, mm-hmm. single. I you know the the Cowboys play a lot of uh, you know single high, so it's just like hey, he's whoever's back there is going to have to do their job. So um, with that being said, I think that maybe you could bring in another secondary player. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that. You've seen teams, this is no slight to one, but you've seen teams go Anthony Brown early. So I'm curious to see what's going to happen with that cornerback two spot right now. Okay. It feels like maybe there is a little bit of maybe competition there. So maybe if you wanted to upgrade or or maybe not upgrade necessarily, but bring in another veteran player um, for the secondary in itself. I think that would change some things and give you some depth there. But okay. I would have said linebacker, two. I think that Damone Clark kind of what you're asking for mm-hmm. he actually did well on tape no doubt. and i mean and to see that from him early granted he had his you know his few whips and stuff but you're talking about somebody coming downhill and just being instinctive and just going and to make the play mm-hmm. regardless of like i think i think the cowboys linebackers right now i think they're reading but they're not reacting fast enough a lot of the time right so um i i agree with you on the linebacker thing too but i and it's kinda kinda of weird with Demon Clark with where he come, when him with him coming in the way he is, because he is a rook and stuff. So I kinda of feel like that that makes me feel weird about the linebacker situation now. And maybe they feel like they maybe don't need it right now. No, but no. the secondary, I think, at the two position, the cornerback two position could, okay. could could get better there. Let right me ask now.
0: you this, what are your thoughts on Deron Bland? Because I think right now when I look at the secondary, I personally think I definitely think he's your third best cornerback at least. Okay. I think there's a case to be made. He may be your second best cornerback. What are your thoughts? I on was
3: hinting. Play? I was trying to ease on into that. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? Uh, ease on into sliding I mean, I mean, there real quick.
1: Because quite honestly, like I said, you do
3: see teams going um, at your two cornerback early in games, right? So I do think that people see that there's. they think there's a weakness there or whatever. So I would like to see maybe Anthony Brown slide into you know, Mm. play more Uh slot. We've seen him thrive there. He's actually
0: good in the slot. We've seen
3: him thrive there. I think his awareness and uh, his ball instincts are just better there. And so maybe looking at Deron Bland playing on the outs, seeing how he does, um, that's an option. Possibly we saw him have some success in the preseason. Mm -hmm. No, it's just preseason, but we've already said, like, this guy has a nose for the ball. He's extinctive, especially. And I, I think that he could... Maybe do something out there if you put him out there. Let's okay. see.
0: Now, obviously, this, this name is not one you have to worry about when it comes to uh, to, to a trade because he's not on a team right uh-huh. now. But although Beckham Jr. is sitting out mm-hmm. there, he's recovering from an injury. Last year was injured in the Super Bowl. Uh, coming back from that injury, and don't really know the time frame on that. I assume the Cowboys would if they were uh, thinking or interested in him. Would you, if you were the Cowboys, take a look at him and possibly bring him in as a free agent? I would say absolutely not. Um, I'll be honest dang. with you. <laughs> absolutely. He <said> no. absolutely, <laughs> absolutely not. Absolutely yeah. not. Like,
2: I understand, um, you know, Eld- Beckham, you know, he's, he's an elite wide receiver when he's healthy. When he's healthy, he's an elite wide receiver, no doubt about that. The only thing is he's coming off his second, you know, ACL injury. And I believe that happened, what it was at the Super Bowl? Super Bowl yeah, yeah. so yeah. It's, it's right around the right, it was right around the corner. So and we've seen how guys recover from the ACL. Look at look at Michael Gallup right now. he's still, um, he's still trying yeah. to get there. He's still trying to find himself out there. Of course, you'll have a couple moments where he's like, Oh, he's back. Look at it, he's doing his thing. But they don't have a lot of laws out there as well. So to me, I, I wouldn't bring Odell Beckham in until I know he's 150% right and he's right back to where he can be to come and help this team out. Now maybe that'll be, you know, further down the line, you know, maybe closer to the playoff situation maybe, but as of right now, I wouldn't bring him in and try to develop him and try to get him right and try to get him hooked up onto this system knowing that you got a guy named Michael Gallup that's already dealing with that ACL injury and we see how slow he's he's coming back from his um his progress. So Odell, I'm out on him. I'm out.
3: <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm kind of on the fence. I think that you could bring someone here and, and help out with, like, the slot work and intermediate work. But with Odell, like you were just talking about, his injury, he did, like, his rehab is – where is he at his rehab? Exactly. Where is he like, at? Like, that's the biggest thing is, like, where is he at in his rehab? And, I mean, he is a veteran guy, so if you bring him in here, maybe that the short intermediate stuff that you're asking him to do, maybe it's not as strenuous. But I do agree that his injury and the timing of his injury mm-hmm. is kind of – off-putting, especially seeing how guy how long guys take to come back from an ACL. Then you have to look at the locker room. You have a very young locker room that's close knit right now. Do you want to bring a guy in here who is, you know, been in the league for a while, has some experience, and how does he fit in this locker room? That's another conversation to have, like with him being an alpha personality. So um, I'm 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 good on it for right now. I'm the contingent on it's contingent on where he's at in his rehab for me.
0: Yeah, I agree with all that. But here's my, my thought. It, even even if, let's say, he is a 90% of what he was, take it. is he still not better than what no. else you... Yeah, that's yeah, what I'm saying. yeah I'll like, take it. You start, lo- you start looking at your depth chart. <laughs> yeah, he may not be CD. He yeah. may not be the Odell that you're expecting or that you've had in, in, in the past. But when you look at what you have right now, he might upgrade the whole level. And by the way, you know, I, I know there have been times in his career where you're like, man, I don't know if I'd want him in my locker well, he's, room.
3: He's mature. I think yeah. he's mature he's beyond matured that. And sure. so
0: the way I look at it is I actually think he might actually be, it might actually be an advantage. You got a really, really young wide receiver room. Mm-hmm. And and having somebody with his skins on the wall walk into that room, especially if he's the mature person I think he is, I think he adds some some extra mental to that room, I think he can bring some stuff into that room that maybe helps them think about the game differently and helps them mature a little bit better in the game as receivers. Do you think you know bringing
2: Odell in there? Do you think that would hinder CD in any type of way? Because like right now, CD's like, all right, I'm the leader, I'm the alpha dog in this room. Like, you know what I, what you goes through me. Do you feel like if you brought, brought an Odell in there, it would kind of hinder him, and he would kind of want to take a back seat? Because I don't really see I him don't, as a. I don't see him as that kind of yeah, dude. Okay. He's an alpha, okay. and you know how I go. If, yeah. you're,
0: if you're an alpha and another alpha walks in the room, you don't take a step back. Exactly. You're like, all right, cool, we might run this thing together, but I ain't taking a step back. Okay. So okay. I don't, I don't see CD as the type that's gonna necessarily step back. I think he will say, okay, that's a vet. I'll learn some stuff from him. So I'm open to that. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I'm not going to step back and and just kind of abdicate everything to him. That's what I look at.
3: No, and to your point, like when you talk about bringing in possibly an Odell... truly just the threat of him on the field may change things for you as well it just may open up things like say what you want to say but this guy is respected in the league and granted he is coming off of an ACL but his speed is something people have always talked about and you're looking for it right now I think your receiver you need someone to take the top off right now you need a vertical threat so I don't know let's see let's see if people are open to you know Odell being a, a, a cowboy
0: mm, that would be an
2: interesting <laughs> that
3: would be crazy one. I mean the lights camera action they can do
1: it he would love it and, and <laughs>
2: I'll be honest with you, man. Like, we got to have somebody on in this wide receiver room. That can consistently beat man-to-man coverage. Cause yep. right now CD's getting that double. Everybody's knowing, like, all right, if we if we take CD away, you know, what can these other guys do? And right now, you know, Noah Brown he had a couple games early on that, you know, wow, he's doing his thing. Yeah, but this can can he be consistent out there and beating that man-to-man coverage? Because yep. we know teams are gonna do the Cowboys, they they've been leaning on their strengths, which is the defense and that run oh, game. Yep. Eventually they're gonna run into a team where they're gonna stack the box and they're gonna they're gonna shut down that run. You're gonna have to open it up. Do we have receivers on this team that can consistently beat that man-to-man coverage? I know, you know, James Washington's coming back from injury, but there's a reason why Pittsburgh let him walk. You know, it wasn't like he was the most consistent guy out there and doing this mm-hmm. thing. So, you know, they, we we gotta find somebody to come in here and consistently beat man to man and put, help put pressure off of C. D. Lamb out
3: there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He needs a running buddy. Yeah. I do think that I do think that Kellen did a, a really good job this game scheming these guys yeah, he did. open. Yeah, yeah he did. I mean, and granted, this last couple of weeks we've seen guys be open and stuff. You know, you got you got your quarterback back there now, so yeah. that makes the difference. But I I do agree with you that you do see that the way that teams are playing, they're just bracketing CD and they're mm-hmm. just they're betting on the next guy to make the play. Now, we'll say, the way that the tight ends are being used kind of muddies the water a little mm-hmm. bit because you can say, right, like, okay, well, these guys can't get open on their own right now. They're not creating a lot of separation. Well, your tight ends are doing a lot and you that like are, you know, so that's an option, too, that I think that sometimes we forget when we're talking about the receiving core, I guess. You do got some guys out there. Dalton Schultz is coming along mm-hmm. like since back. So, I, I mean, I agree, like, there's there's something to be said about what's going on with the receiver core right now. You see improvement, but is it going to be enough when yeah. you start playing those teams that can lock down um, and load the box and do all that stuff?
0: All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back from that break, we're going to launch into our mid-year review. We'll yes. uh, when we come right back. This is Cowboys.com radio.
1: the Bank of America Community Homeownership Commitment has helped over 34,000 people lay the groundwork so far. With up to $10,000 towards your down payment, or 3% of the purchase price, whichever is less, the satisfaction of owning your own place can become a reality. Visit bankofamerica.com homeowner to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Equal housing lender. Credit and collateral is subject to approval. Restrictions apply. This is not a commitment to lend.
0: Back to the break. Limited tickets for the remaining home games of the 2022 Dallas Cowboys season at AT AT&T Stadium are available now. Visit dallascowboys.com slash tickets or seatgeek.com, the official ticket provider of AT&T Stadium. Welcome back. It is the second segment of The Break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. This segment is brought to you by blockchain.com. I got Aisha Morrison from Girls Talk Boys Talk. I got Barry Church from Players Lounge. They will be joining me today and tomorrow. And uh, so we're going to launch into our mid-year review. I got some questions for you guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and they're just meant to expand your mind, make you think about the whole season.
3: Oh, Lord. Give mm. these
0: fans a little bit of a flavor of what you think of what we've seen so far through eight games. Let's start here. Dallas was 6-2 and two in 2021. The exact same point. They were 6-2 and two, just like the Cowboys are now. Are they better this year than they were last year? And also remember, week eight of last year, that was that debacle against Denver, mm. thirty to sixteen Barnacle. at AT&T that. Stadium. That being said, are they better team now than they were last year.
3: Well, to that point, I think that when you look at what the Broncos did against the Cowboys last year with that two-high shell and how hard it was for the Cowboys to offensively figure out how to to beat it, they they're figuring out ways to beat it this year. You saw that especially last game. Like this, the two-high shell is not as I think Dak is just reading it far, far better. And then I think what you're getting in the run game last year, a lot of that worked because you cannot run the ball. Yep. You literally got to a place to where you could not run the ball. So teams are just like, let me just drop six in coverage and see what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. So um, I also mentioned yesterday on our show, I think they're battle tested in a different way um, to start this season, you know, to make it through not having your quarterback. You've had quite a few key injuries. I mean, we just we keep mulling over the fact that your starting left tackle was not supposed to be your rook, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, you have guys coming in here. Um, you had a lot of young guys play early, but I think also they've seen quite a few different like you've seen some of the best receiver cores in this game. You've seen some of the best offensive lines when you come when you start talking about run blocking in this game. They've seen a variety of different looks early in this season that I think is so such good teach tape that they may be a little bit more battle tested going mm-hmm. into, you know, the playoffs this year or going into, you know, the second half of the season. So to me, with what they've had to overcome and how things have transpired, especially the coaches, for sure. I think that they're at a better place this year than they were last year at this point.
2: I think you're hundred percent right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you talk about, you know, this offense being battle tested. You know, you had to go through a five game stretch with Cooper Rush as your starting quarterback. Now, if you would have told me, you know, week one, we're gonna lose Dak Prescott for the next five weeks and still, <laughs> you know, have a legit chance to make the playoffs, I'd have thought you were crazy. You yeah, know, right. but Cooper Rush, here we are, and he was able to hold it down. I think he went four and one during that stretch was which was remarkable. So to me, offensively, I think I don't think we're as explosive as we were last year, exactly. but I think we're a much better unit overall because mm-hmm. we have more ways to beat you. You know, If, you, if you're going to stack that box, we still got Dak Prescott out there who's mm-hmm. able to move the ball down the field. Now, we also have a run game that we didn't have last year, like you exactly. just said, with a two-headed monster out there. So Offensively, I think we're not as explosive, but we're better as a unit. And then defensively, I, I think, you know, I'm not going to say heads and tails about what we were last year because they were getting a lot of takeaways last year, but once again, as a unit, this team is playing remarkable. I mean, you you don't see any mental mistakes out there. Last year you seen a couple busted coverages, receivers running wide open. That's how the team's got uh, got points on this defense, but this year you don't see any of that. And the way they're able to rush the passer, I mean, it comes in waves. You see, you know, Demarcus Lawrence and Parsons. All right, they're out of the game. I can take a break. Nah, nah. here comes Armstrong. <laughs> here comes Fowler. Nah. Yeah. Like you got old Zua in there. Never talk about Sam Williams. It's like, Sam Williams. You missed him, I'm like, and you missed him, oh yeah. my, I'm missing cats. Yeah. So it's just yeah. like these, the waves they're able to come at these offenses. It, it's unbelievable. So, and that's a secondary. I mean, like, like I said, overall, you know, you got Diggs, Brown. He has his up and downs, but as a secondary, I think they're playing extremely solid. They have a great quarter back there and cursing those safeties. So to me, I think as a whole, this team is playing better than it did last year. But defensively, I mean, it's this team is it's blowing my mind. I've never seen, as far as since I've been here at the Dallas Cowboys, it's always been offense, offense, offense. Mm-hmm. You know, the offense is the leader. They're the strength of this team. This year, I mean, Dan Quinn got those guys moving in all cylinders. I mean, and it's remarkable. So, to me as a whole, I think they're playing better than last year, and they have an opportunity to go longer in the playoffs if they are to make that because, like you said, they have multiple ways to beat you on offense. And on defense, if you can rush the passer like that, I mean, you you stand a chance in every single game out there. And they tell you what travels best and what winning teams do best in the playoffs
0: is run the ball and have solid defense. And that's exactly what the Cowboys have. All right, next question. Hmm. Bigger surprise. I got three names for you Tyler Smith, Terrence Steele, or Noah Brown. Mm. Bigger surprise. Mm. I love the SpongeBob, My reference. Ba- <laughs> I love it. I
1: love
0: it. All right.
3: So I would say, dang it, say it again. What were the options? Bigger
0: surprise. Tyler Smith, Terrence Steele, Noah Brown.
3: Oh, okay. So I would say. My biggest surprise, I guess, my biggest surprise would be out of all those is, uh, I guess, I guess I mean, maybe Terrence. I guess okay. Terrence. I, I, guess, I, I guess Terrence. And I'm, I'm gonna say Terrence, not in a, in a, in a negative way, but just the level he's playing at at right tackle. It is. I think it's better than a lot of people expected. A lot of a lot of people expected for him to maybe you know fall off a little this mm-hmm. season. Also, um, so I think the development he's made in that right side of that offensive line being somewhat dominant is making a difference in this run game. I would say I would say Terrence. I guess I would okay. say Terrence. Like, I, yeah, I
2: like that. I like that. And I'm gonna go the, the counterpart. I'm gonna go Tyler Smith. And <laughs> the reason I'm gonna say Tyler Smith. If you look at it, man, this guy was—he was a raw. He was raw. He's super athletic, super talented. But as far as technique goes, when I'm talking to um Big Nate Newton, he's like—he's a raw candidate out there. He's just raw out mm-hmm. there. And for him to come out there, he was one of the most penalized offensive linemen in all of you know NCAA when he came out. This guy got all his reps, everything at the left guard left spot guard. during camp. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, he—he he had an opportunity to go out there and you do one-on-ones and all that stuff for the left tackle, but they didn't do that. They—they they let him at um left guard, even though. Tyler or not Tyler, Tyron Smith has his injury history. They still, you know, kept him at that guard. Tyron goes out. They move him to left tackle, which to me is a totally different position than that guard spot cuz you got guys on either side of you to help you out. That tackle position, you buy yourself on an island against some of the most dangerous pass rushers yeah. in the National Football League. So for him to do that without getting any reps at that guard spot, to me, is super surprising. And he's playing at a, at a pretty high level. You know, we, he's had his, his um, struggles with Aaron Donald, but who wouldn't? You know, and he, you know the guy from Detroit, Hutchinson, kind of got after him a little bit. But those are growing pains. I think he's still playing at, at a high level. And for him to do that without getting any reps at the tackle spot, to me, that's pretty surprising. Okay.
3: And while I, would t- I wanted to add to your point, like, with—so Tyler didn't surprise me, because I just—I don't know, I really just was kind of obsessed, like, when okay, I first— Because right. well, at first I found, like, when I first realized who he was and I started taking a deep dive into who he was, his character is why I okay. knew he was going to be I uh-huh. Like, his worth, ethic, or whatever. But when you start talking about—I was like, you know, about them being battle-tested, he— Tyler's seen some of the best edge rushers in the game early. Like he mm-hmm. saw some of the best early. And I think that's, again, like when you start talking about getting later in the season, where you're talking about these DNs you're going to be going against, where they're like, they're singling him out. Like mm-hmm. we know there's a rook on this line. Let's go make a play. He's seen that already. He's seen people come at him early and be like, oh, you know, we got the best. We're going to put him on him. And like, so let's, I think, I wanted to add to your point and say that that's important that like he's adjusted and developed early this season too, to mm-hmm. have something to go into, you know, later in the season yeah, to be iron confident. sharpens in. iron. Accident. Absol- uh, yeah. Like, absolutely. Like, <laughs> all right,
0: yeah. I'm going to tell, tell y'all, I, I disagree with both of y'all.
3: Noah! Oh, I I is Noah! Noah! And here's why. Here's why. Here's why. <laughs> I know he's going to play. First of all, first
0: of all, I think both those tackles are playing above what I thought they would play at, mm-hmm. but not like, I didn't. It wasn't like I didn't see a scenario where they could play at this level, right? Mm-hmm. So what they're doing doesn't surprise me. It's it's a it's more like okay, I kind of thought they could do it, but they're like they're doing it and Back they're doing it. it ahead of maybe where I thought they was. Listen to these numbers on Noah Brown. <laughs>
3: <laughs> He's about to fix it. <laughs> yeah, Noah, Brown,
0: Noah Brown has had in 2017 he had four catches for 33 yards. 2018 five catches for 54 yards. These are season totals. It's not a game. Wow. This is a season total, mm-hmm. right? 2020, 14 catches, 154 yards. 2021, 16 catches, 184 yards. This year, halfway through the season, Andy missed a game, 25 catches, 339 yards, and a touchdown, the only touchdown of his career. He is doing something. When they when they brought him back this year, my thought was, I don't even understand why. Because don't say, last year he had an opportunity. There was a game where they had a lot of wide receivers out. He had an opportunity to step up. They didn't really get much production out of Damn. him. What we saw this year, especially when Cooper Rush was in there, was we saw a guy that, that took advantage of that opportunity and showed us things that I don't know anybody other than him and maybe mom and them that thought he was capable of doing that because his career had not shown that he was capable of doing that. That has been a huge surprise to me. And now we're even talking about it from the standpoint of I look at him and I say, yes, he is clearly the third best wide receiver on this team. And if you need him to step into that second role, he can can do it. So that to me is a huge surprise. So if you're talking surprises, I, I really don't think there's a bigger surprise. Honestly, I don't think there's a bigger surprise on this team this year for me if you're looking at personnel. Than what Noah Brown has done because I just didn't expect anything close to this. Can the two?
3: Now, mm. I'm trying to look at the roster in my mind. You trying to see
0: where where you can prove me wrong? <laughs> no, <laughs> you're like it's a lot of guys yeah. on this roster. You know, That's yeah. the biggest
3: surprise. Nah, but see your for like um, Noah Brown talked about you know yeah. dropping weight in off season coming mm-hmm. in here trying to be prepared. He also do he does so much in the blocking game yes. yeah. that is underrated. He's almost like a a tied in but not a tied in in some ways with what how they use him in the 12 and get him out there um but i agree with you that he it has been a su- surprise to some surprise. degree like a surprise to some degree with how well he's <laughs> he's played um i'm excited to see what he looks like when he comes back and i again like when you start talking about the wide receiver position it's like well, Dang, what's Noah gonna do when he come back at that three? Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, it's it's a weird spot to be in. But yeah, go ahead, Perry.
2: I was just gonna, you know, add on to both of y'all. Noah Brown ha- has been really surprising, and I think a lot of that has to do with what Cooper Rush and him in that report. Because that if you think about yeah. it, yeah, they, you know, practice squad always going against the ones yeah. on defense. They had that connection out there, and I'm interested to see what him and Dak are going to be able to do. You know, yeah. can he go out there? I can. I see him as a guy that can make those contested catches, like a possession guy. You need to move the chains. He might not bust you for, you know. A 50-yard gain or 60-yard gain, he'll get you those 10s. He'll get you those 15s. And he ain't going to get a lot of yak yards, but he's going to catch that football. So you know, that's actually see.
0: that's actually a great point. I, I've never really thought about it like that, But it, and I know it's going to sound really crazy, so forgive me before I say it, but it might have actually been a blessing in disguise that based on not having Michael Gallup early in the season that you also didn't have Dak Prescott. Because Cooper Rush and Noah Brown, the chemistry that mm-hmm. they have actually may have served you well and may have served you better than what you would have gotten out of Dak and Noah. They may not have had that same level of chemistry. We might have seen the same thing we've seen throughout Noah's career if Dak would have been the one pulling the trigger. So I, I don't know. That's – that's an interesting way to look at it, and it makes me think, like, was that really something to actually help this offense because of that chemistry that he has with Cooper? And I'm not so sure, you know, Dak would have been willing to run the football as much. Mm-hmm.
2: Like, you know, I, he might would have been up there and said, you know, hey, this is a run call, but, you know, he has that pool and that cliche to where he can be like, eh,
1: kill, kill, kill. You know, <laughs> get this guy
2: out there, get that guy out there. And we would have never seen this offense have that formula that they have now, running right. that football and playing to the defense. And now that we've seen how successful that can be in that five-game stretch, you see Dak, he's like, hey, I'm not going Mess this up, I'm yeah. just gonna keep
0: going with it's going. So and he did talk about see. he yeah. did talk about that and said he learned a lot on the sideline about kind of how things were working and watching how things happen. So some of that might yeah. have been might have been uh, the result of of him watching from the sideline. Well, a lot
3: of it is just your offensive line being better than it's been in a in a minute. Sorry.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Like, I mean, truly, I mean, uh, you being able to run the ball consistently just has changed a lot of what you do offensively. And quite honestly, I don't know if the Cowboys have consistently ran the ball well for a while now. Well,
0: three of the pieces are guys that two years ago, you we thought they probably should be running out of town. They've developed this offensive Tracking. line. I mean, yeah, yeah. You talk about Terrence Steele, you talk about Beatish, you talk mm. about McGovern. There was a time all three of them were on Every fan's wish list to replace, yep. like, like get rid of them. <laughs> they are not very good. Guilty. Like Guilty. seriously. Like, and, and, and so you got to give a ton of credit to the coaches for no developing that talent because oh, yeah. they—that oh, yeah. certainly what wasn't what we thought. Even maybe last year there were questions about Biotish, um but we went we went to camp this year and I think everybody thought. Uh, McGovern days were were, were limited mm-hmm. because you were thinking the rookie's going to take his job, exactly. and the rookie could not move him out of that mm-hmm. starting spot. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. And
3: credit to those guys for, I mean, we talk about Tyler Biata, you talk about Terrence Steele, Tyler Smith. These gentlemen are also taking the time to get work outside of this building. Mm-hmm. So, working with Duke and getting yep. those like, it, it, th- there's something to be said about players who are going and getting that extra work, especially at the offensive line position where we talk about, they don't get a lot of time in practice. Mm-hmm. They don't get a lot of reps. So, for these guys to be taking the initiative to to get better, says something about this offensive line as well.
0: All right, let's let's uh, let's take our final break. We come back. we got a few more questions for you guys that we'll get to today. We'll save some of them for tomorrow. We've still uh-huh. got plenty between today and tomorrow. We're going to take our <laughs> final break. We'll be back DallasCowboys.com radio.
3: You set us up.
0: The season is finally
2: here. For months, we've been gearing up to win. Now it's time for the team that performs on any field, United, Ag, and Turf.
1: so sweet unique baby there's nothing better i bet you've probably done something that deserves a doctor Pepper. did
0: you invest your nest egg in an nft yeah and i don't even know what that is
1: it's a non-fungible token done something that deserves a doctor when you build you start with the foundation and home ownership is a foundation of a stable future
0: NFL Plus is here, which means no matter where you are, this is how you football. Get live, local, and primetime regular season and postseason games on your phone or tablet, game replays, and more. Go to plus.nfl.com and start your free trial of NFL Plus today. Welcome back. Final segment of the Break Life in SWBC Mortgage Studios at the star presented by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. We are running through questions. We are talking about the Cowboys in a mid-year review. Uh, my next question for you guys. You ready for this one? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. More important to this team's success: Dak Prescott or Dan Quinn?
3: Oh. What is wrong with you? Oh, Oh
0: look, oh. I, I learned from the master. Brian Bros is the best at these kind of questions. Oh. And this one is one that that he would be proud of this, this question. Get you thinking. Yeah. You, you, me. You, you, you more you, you important to team success, Dak Prescott or Dan Quinn?
3: Oh my goodness. Uh oh my. God. Do I gotta go?
2: I'll go if, if you go. you to make over. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. You know, I'm more six. I'm gonna have to go. Dan Quinn. I'm going to have to go Dan Quinn. And who would ever say that? But no. That's what I'm saying. It's so crazy because it's like yeah. what he's been able to do with this defense and being the strength of this team. And, you know, coaching matters out there. And, you, and you're and you getting the most out of each and every one of your players. You're putting them in the right position. You know, how many times do we see, okay, Jordan Lewis goes down, one of the top nickels in the National Football League. Daron Bland, a rookie steps in, already has an under, interception under his belt. He understands the defense. And I feel like Dan Quinn, he when he gets the most out of these guys, because his system, what he does with them, he he makes them understand it. Like, all right, these are your strengths. These are your weaknesses. These are who you need to lean on. And he does a great job doing that. And he's built this team up. So I feel like if we don't have him in there, I'm not saying that you know there's, um, there's coaches underneath him that would be able to do you know a decent job as well. But the way he's calling this team and the way he's getting his defense going, I just don't see it offense being able to exploit this defense. So we've we had that five-game stretch, you know, with, with Cooper Rush. Not saying that he could be the guy and take us as far as, you know, Dak Prescott could possibly could, but I still feel like we'd have a better chance with a Dan Quinn defense rather than, you know, Prescott being in there and being the guy. I I got to go with Dan Quinn on this
3: one. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to agree.
2: Ooh. It
3: hurts. <laughs>
1: He burns, <laughs> it burns. But I'm going
3: to agree because it's also to you look at what he's when one thing I loved about the Cowboys when they hired Dan Quinn is that they got him in here before the season started mm-hmm. and he was able to kind of put his his imprint early so he was here through the draft you can see his imprint on the draft you've seen his imprint on the draft you've seen his imprint on the free agency sign mm-hmm. as you've seen and so this has been a real like a build in a way like a build in a way and the, and to see the change in the like when you think back to 2020 mm. when you think back Ooh, to this the, defense the dark ages. and to, to flip it that quickly but also too it's I think we talk about the Cowboys all the time and people talk about culture and all this stuff I do I think for sure Dan Quinn is a huge part of this culture change um, and obviously Mike McCarthy as well. But I would say, yeah, just because of what the locker room, how they talk about him, how they how, And we've seen guys improve with him. When you talk about coaching, you look at this secondary. Some of these guys were here when there were other coaching staffs here and you weren't getting that production. You weren't getting these same looks. You weren't getting the same, you know, versatility there. So and I also feel like if you don't have Dan Quinn, maybe you don't see Micah do what he does. Like I, a lot of coaches look at looked at Micah in the draft, and they saw what that he was capable of doing. Dan Quinn saw what he was capable of doing, mm-hmm. and and made it work. He also threw away his whole playbook from when he was in Seattle. So not only that, he came in here and he solely built this defense based off of the players he brought in here, and I think that is very difficult to do when you look across the league. Teams struggle to draft and develop. Struggle with coaching. Locker room issues. And that's not something you see here. I think he's a big part of that.
0: Okay, so let me throw I'm going to change it up a little bit for you. Is Dan Quinn most important to team's success because he has Micah Parsons? Without Micah Parsons, would he be able to do the magical things that he's been able to do so far with this defense?
3: So I would have said that maybe last year based off of how they were using Micah Parsons coming from the linebacker spot and rushing, and how they used him now. But now that they're using him, granted, Micah's no nobody to sleep on, but now that they're using him at edge a lot more, I do think that the way that they were using him last year was a little bit more mystique, mm-hmm. I guess, if that's the word. I don't know if that's the you word. You didn't
0: know where he was going to be hey, as You didn't much, know yeah. where
3: he was going to be. But now this year you kind of know where he's going to be I think that kind of takes a wrinkle away in some degree. So I'll say that maybe this – I think this defense – I say all that to say I think this defense could still thrive, maybe not the same exact way. I think they thrive more when you don't know where Micah's coming from.
2: You know, I would have to say um, without Micah – I'm not going to say they're going to take a huge step back, but Mm -hmm. they would definitely take a step back.
3: Absolutely. Um, Because
2: if you – I mean, granted, he's probably, you know, top three defensive players in the National Football League. But not only that, he's creating so many more one-on-ones for everybody else on the line. Like, you know, D-Law, Dorrance Armstrong, Fowler, those guys, they're getting a lot of one-on-ones, and they're able to take advantage of that. And I don't think you get that without Micah Parsons being there. Like, if they kept him at linebacker or if he wasn't on this team at all, I think it would be a different story. So, to me, you know – I. He, he's a top three defensive player for a reason, and I think he just creates so much more for everybody else. And then you talk about being in the secondary when a quarterback has to make a decision like that, and he's like, "Oh man, I, you know, I'm looking at Parsons, but I don't know who I'm going to." It makes your job a lot easier in the secondary. So with that guy being there, everybody else's job is a lot easier. They wouldn't take a huge step back, but I think they would definitely take a step back.
3: Also mentioned that yesterday in crosstalk, he said, "This is he's like this is the thing about rushing the passer with the Cowboys." You, if you don't get there before Micah does, you just not going to get it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and that was crazy to me.
3: Like, hearing him say that, like, everyone's like, when you're rushing... If you don't beat Michael, you're not gonna get the set because he's 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 up the competition, you know. There, so I agree with
0: you. Even that fumble fun. recovery, exactly. Were <laughs> you about to say that? Yeah, like yeah. You know, the, the way his motor is. Yeah.
2: Like you you see talented players, they're like, all right, well, it just wasn't my turn. This this yeah. guy is literally he just doesn't stop. The fumble recovery, the chase down tackle in Detroit, which I, that could have switched the momentum to everything. But he chased that that tight end down at the one yard line. Tank goes in there and forces the fumble, switches the whole game up. So when you got a guy with that mentality, that Want to that passion?
0: Mm-hmm. It's infectious, yeah. and the rest of the defense kind of feeds off of that. And you see how they're flying around. I Honestly, think Kirsch thought he had that 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 refu- recovery, that fumble recovery. <laughs> I think he. You can kind of. It's almost like you could see it on his face, like oh. And you can see you can you can just hear Micah being like, I got that, yep. <laughs> but give me that. Yeah. Go block, go block somebody. Yeah. Okay? yeah. It, it was like it almost took him down. a notch. like, man, I knew I had that one. And but that's Micah, like, yeah. and that does up the the the. Everyone's level of play mm-hmm. when you got players like that on your team who are so competitive, mm-hmm. ultra competitive, and always, always giving everything to go get to the play and make a play, it makes everybody else also want to make a play oh, yeah. and want to get there before that person gets there to be able to have one up on them. That's, That's why these a- guys in NFL. You know, you know oh, yeah. you've been there. Yeah. Like, these are ultra competitive people, right? They're just mm-hmm. competitive people just in general because that you have to be to be good in the NFL. You don't want to be left
2: off that board. Right. So, Marinelli always had the turnover board. Yeah. And if you're a starter in the league and you sit there and you're like, man, this guy got, you know, a couple here, a couple there, you don't want to be that guy that's not contributing. Like, you're trying hard to, you know, to get to that next that next phase and be on that board. And when you got guys like Mike out there, it's like, man, you know, I, I got to catch up. I
0: got to do something out there. <laughs> so, he, he's making this defense a lot better. Hey, real quick, before we end the show, I. I did want to get – I had this this question, and it's real, really for you, Barry, because mm-hmm. you played safety in the NFL. You kind of know what good safeties look like. Malik Hooker is a guy that I think has played really well. Um, but I wanted to get your perspective on what exactly makes him a good safety. He was a guy that was highly touted coming out of out of college, first-round pick. Injuries really yeah. derailed him more than anything else. But what makes him a really good safety, and what are you seeing from him this year that, that makes you believe that he is – really back to maybe being that level of safety. I
2: think he's playing outstanding right now.
0: You know, he understands his role. He's a middle of the field safety.
2: He knows that he doesn't let anything pass his head. And what I love most about him, he's able to read that quarterback back there like none other. I mean, maybe Earl Thomas back in the day, you know, had a, had a real knack for reading quarterbacks. But if you look at it, he's always in the picture. Even if he's in the cover three zone in the middle of the field mm-hmm. and they throw that deep ball on the outside by the, by the numbers or by the hashes out there, he's able to get over there and help his teammates out. You rarely see a uh, a mental error from this guy and tackling. That,
0: that's huge. And yeah. from
2: a middle of the field defender, 90% of the time, you're open field tackling people. And I rarely see this guy miss tackles. Like He might not bring the thump. Like a Wilson or a Curse, but he's gonna wrap you up and he's gonna come up with a body part. So to me, he he checks all the boxes. He's a great tackler. He's a great communicator because he gets you know the calls to everybody and gets everybody lined up in the right space. And he's great against the pass and reading quarterbacks and not letting anything over top of his head. So to me, I think he's playing outstanding football. The numbers may not show it. Like he may not have a lot of um, interceptions or a lot of tackles, but he is playing solid football right now and exactly what the Cowboys need.
3: And you mentioned his tackling. Like he's dealing with a thumb injury. He's been dealing with that thumb injury. It sounds like for the majority mm-hmm. of the season. So. So it just also puts in perspective his grit and some of the things you see from him. I one thing I've loved from Malik Cooker so far, like you were talking about as a tackle, he's not afraid to come up and tackle or even at the line of scrimmage. Like mm-hmm. he's he's an active player, but he's also very vocal. Yes. You look at him, I mean, I, you have to be as a mm-hmm. safety, but they talk about, you know, the secondary or the defense in itself. They talk about communication all the time and from the safety position, that is so intricate, yes, especially when you have a cornerback that likes to take chances. <laughs> and I think that and I think that a lot of what you're seeing from from Diggs is because he trusts his safety. Mm-hmm. He trusts his safety. His trust, he tr- A little bit more than last year, you know what I'm saying? No but, yet. yeah, he trusts that safety a lot, and I think that's important to what they're doing defensively right now, too.
0: All right, that's a wrap, man. Yeah. It's been fun. Oh, it's been Blue fun. Y'all can go. me some
1: good you some good answers.
0: <laughs> All right, so we're going to be back tomorrow, and uh, we'll have some more questions for these guys. We're going to do some more wrapping up of this mid-year review. Until then, for Barry Church, for Aisha Morrison, I'm Derek Eelton. This has been The Break live on DallasCowboys.com.